body and your sleep style. Moss Holders offers eye comfort and eye comfort hybrids, which conform to your body with high quality memory foam, but don't sleep hot. Serta's perfect sleepers provide amazing support without breaking the budget. Moss Holders is also your source for new sheets, pillows, and adjustable bases. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Sheridan Media's digital director, Julie Chadwick, has been named one of the top 20 digital directors in the country by Radio Inc. Magazine. But what does that mean for our advertisers? It means we have a digital division that's one of the best in the country right here in Sheridan. If you're looking to expand your digital budget or ready to make a change, let's talk about moving the needle with your marketing. Absolutely. Our plans are designed for small or large companies tailored to your goals and objectives. We can do short-term, long-term, even event marketing and we can pivot if we aren't seeing the results the best approach is always multimedia but let's see what fits your budget we're not about numbers we're about results your success is our priority give us an opportunity to show you how we've become one of the top 20 in the country call shared media let's chat about how we can tailor a marketing strategy that includes digital and helps you reach your business goals email sales at sharedmedia.com or call 672-7421 This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Joining me this morning is founder and operator of the Unleashed Foundation, Marion Eccles, and the new dog lead at the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter, Marcy Horsley. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Now, how was your new year? Uh, You guys had a pretty big gala. Uh, how did it turn out, Marion? Um, well, AJ says that we, in ticket sales, we got over $17,000. How amazing yeah. is that? Yep. And the folks that put it on for us, you know, they did all the work, mm-hmm. you know, and they got sponsors to help pay for it all. So, you know, there might be more funds coming in from that. Maybe not. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned that, but that yeah. is incredible. Seventeen thousand yeah. dollars in yep. ticket sales. Good just start. For the, just for the New Year's Eve gala. This seems like something that's really funded. That has there been discussions uh, as of yet? Maybe this is an ongoing or continuing thing. Maybe next year they choose another organization. I I, I have no idea. I asked AJ about that at one point, and she didn't know. Yeah. But she did mention how the gal that put it on had already put a lot of work into it, and oh, it hadn't yeah. even happened yet. I don't even think it was Christmas yet. Yeah. So she was pretty exhausted, but I know what that's like. And the next year, you're usually ready to do it again, if that's what you think yeah. about doing. <laughs> <laughs> you take, you got to take a year to catch your breath, but once you've got it, okay, yep, let's go ahead and rock it again. Yep, yep. Well, that's fantastic. I love that amount. That's a huge amount uh, for a gathering. And yes, a lot of work. I'm yes. sure went into that. Yeah. Uh, we were really looking forward to it, but uh, we were on the road. Uh, I going was Going from point A to point B that yep. night. So uh, trying to get home after our big Christmas vacation. Marcy, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Go ahead and lean into that mic just a little bit more. For, thank you. Now, do you remember 
when you joined the team over there at the shelter at first? Um, yes, I remember the first day very clear. It was negative 14 degrees outside, <laughs> and I wore jeans and a sweatshirt, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But I will say it has turned into something wonderful. Yeah. So. Now, what is it uh, that really led you to work at the shelter in the first place? Do you remember? Like, was there a drive that you wanted? So I grew up with dogs. I grew up with training dogs. I grew up, I mean, we had four plus dogs in our household at a time. So having the opportunity, seeing the uh, kennel position open, I was like, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to potentially start a career with animals and career with dogs. And now within these last two years, I have worked my way up as to become lead and it's just making everything a lot better. Yeah. So she's going to be great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you. She's, she'll be parallel to your wife. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We and, worked a lot together and we yes. really built up a lot. So well, I'll yes. tell you, Emmy loves you. Oh, um, I, know. And, and I love her too. She, yeah, too. she feels good mm -hmm. knowing that those animals are in your, your hand. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I really love that transition where someone can kind of go on to other things mm -hmm. yes. and not feel that, oh, I'm leaving my babies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, she feels great about uh, mm -hmm. you taking over and, and now bearing that responsibility. Now, what what is it that you would say that you love about working with animals because like a lot of people out there they might not understand and this is something that i'm constantly talking about mm -hmm. you go to work at the shelter mm -hmm. it's a cleaning job oh yeah okay it is not a <laughs> we're gonna sit around cuddle job exactly this yeah. is really an intense cleaning and dog training type of mm -hmm. job what is it about going over there and and working with these animals that really appeals to you I guess it really is just the intensity and being able to see a completely different side of dogs come out. I mean, you, whenever we did allow walkthroughs, um, we, you would see all these dogs freak out in their kennels and all this and that, but then what you don't see what they do behind closed doors. And with being a kennel attendant, that's what you get to see. You get to see how they get to actually act when they're calm. You get to see how they like to play. You get to see them play with all these other dogs. It's just, it really makes you enjoy the little things in life. Yeah. And the, the dogs really show you how to enjoy the little things. So. And I love that you pointed that out because when people were doing the walkthroughs, mm -hmm. the whole place erupts. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. chaos back there, mm -hmm. right? Uh, nothing but barking and, and fence jumping. But as the individual who works with these animals mm -hmm. every day, you are seeing, well, they're actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, they they will adapt to a home quite oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get them out of the, the kennel shelter environment, mm -hmm. and, yes. and it's a different animal. Yes. And that's something that, uh, you know, I've, I spoke all the way back with Jill Moriarty about. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. These are different animals going yes. out the door. Oh, so yeah. It, yeah. when you're doing these walkthroughs, you're not seeing what no, you're supposed No, you're see. almost seeing the worst of them at their worst. Exactly, yeah. And we want people to see them at their best. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, tell me how you're improving Shelter's Dogs' lives through enrichment. Uh, what is that? So me and Marion, actually, we've been working a lot more together with creating more of the enrichment. So we've been doing a lot more training. Um, we are potentially thinking of finding some more agility things for them to do in the yard, something to keep them less bored. 
So that, that is the biggest thing at the shelter is you'll find them in their kennels and they're just kind of pacing or they just seem mm-hmm. bored. They have nothing to do. A lot of those dogs, they need a job in a sense. So they need something to keep their mind going. And what something that me and, and Marion have been really introducing is the keeping their mind going, keeping a job for them, having them find something to help tire them out so that way they feel fulfilled throughout the day. Yeah. My public speaking professor uh, called that the cage tiger effect, uh, <laughs> where it's just a constant pace back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a yeah. cage tiger. There's nothing to do. Yep. So you're just walking yeah. to walk. Uh, and, and even at the house, uh, you know, with our dogs, Mm -hmm. those puzzles, you hide treats, little things like that, but boy, you know, that's enriching the lives. It is engaging and enriching is a big part of, of what we are doing and Mm -hmm. what we're striving for. And with the Unleash Foundation and our supporters, I've been able to do training but uh, but it goes far beyond that. You know, we're looking out for the mental behavior of the dog mm-hmm. really while they're at the shelter so that they don't have to stay so long. And so it doesn't it isn't so stressful and up- upsetting. So mm-hmm. adding these, you know, playground uh, tools mm-hmm. and then, it you know, enrichment activities um, is is what we are really striving for, because then they get to do something and they get to think about something. You know, we're lucky enough to have our dog walking volunteers. Oh, oh yeah. Great folks. Oh, yeah. Great folks. And oh, they, yeah. they are able, except when the weather's so terrible, yeah. but they are able to come in and get the dogs out. And the dogs all look forward to that. Oh, yeah. They miss them when they're not there. And so with those folks, they get to, you know, walk around outside on a leash and just smell the ground mm-hmm. and do uh, their thing. I was going to say, Linda, a lot of times she'll take out one of those really like the 25 foot leashes, mm-hmm. just let them run, yes. let them run through the fields, let them do whatever, just to get some of that pent up energy out. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, with our work schedule now, I mean, I have to kennel the dogs for a, what we both feel is too long. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's a sacrifice you have to make as soon yeah. as we get home. Boy, just take them outside. Let them go. <laughs> yes. Just let them run. Stretch let them get their legs. Yeah. And uh, little Hugo, boy, that's his favorite part of the thing. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Now, what are what are some of the activities that you're doing with dogs? I, I mean, when I when I imagine enrichment and agility, I think of like the old agility course, you know, with the <laughs> ramp and the tubes and mm-hmm. the poles, that kind of thing. Is that what we're looking at uh, expanding in? Well, yes, and yes, and we're not sure. Yes. You know? That's a fair answer. <laughs> yes, because technical agility takes a lot of human, you know, one-on-one human interaction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a while to train people to interact with shelter dogs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have dog experience you know, having pets and taking care of other people's pets from time to time. But that's not the same. Shelter dogs are really a different animal. Mm-hmm. They're, it's a different environment, and we have to watch out for those things. So <laughs> that's the challenge with doing actual agility. Down the road, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we can uh, put something together that will be able to do that. And so these are the things, I mean, we're just getting rolling now on yeah, these we're projects. Just bouncing so. ideas back and forth and trying to formulate a list for a, a refresh in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's really 
part of the job, isn't it? I mean, yes. let's okay, so we've got this mastered mm-hmm. or we've got this taken care of. Now let's evolve to the next step. Exactly. Let's see what yep. else we can do. Yep. For these shelter dogs. And on that note, Marion, tell me about completing and graduating. I'm, I may mispronounce this. The Robert Cabral Shelter yes. Dog mm-hmm. Course. Yes. What is this? Um, so a year ago, about this time, I was just craving more knowledge, mm-hmm. you know. And so I started scouring the Internet, of course. And I came along this man on YouTube, Robert Cabral. And then, as it turns out, he has a website and he had a training course called the Shelter Doc Training Course. And he goes in, he he used to bring people to a facility in L.A., train them in a classroom and then use actual shelter dogs. And um, and he recorded all that and, you know, and they put it in an outline. And now I can get all, you know, anybody can get all that information online. It's quite expensive. And so the shelter paid for half and the Unleash Foundation paid for half. And I just completed it just shortly after the first of the year. And we are going to take a lot of the ideas that Mm -hmm. I got from following that course. That's amazing. So this is a course Mm -hmm. that is the curriculum is designed to specifically deal with dogs in the shelter. While in the shelter. That is interesting. So this is pretty, I mean, pretty geared towards shelter workers and individuals who deal with these types of dogs. Can you tell me? Uh, one thing that really stuck with you from that course, what is just one thing that you, you really look at? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is play groups. Oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he, a big part of the course is getting dogs out and spending time with one another in a pack setting. Mm -hmm. And he shows you step by step and he shows you, Uh, He shows his students prior making mistakes, and he's always there to manage. He has staff helping him. And so nobody gets hurt. Dogs don't get hurt. And you do it in a way that the dogs can either play together Mm -hmm. or they can just hang out if they're a dog that just isn't into other dogs or they take time getting used to, you know, another dog or different breeds largely. And some dogs don't want to enter, aren't as dog friendly or even interested in playing Mm -hmm. you get older dogs so in his program he puts different breeds together um he puts different uh ages together and then it the big part is and the hard part for us is going to be managing those times yeah and so we're trying to figure out you know how we can do that right now of course we have time to think because of the weather Mm -hmm. you know it's so up and down right now but, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can get organized the shelter and staff mm-hmm. to be able to manage these play groups so we can have the dogs come in, engage with one another in a, a pack manner. It's giving them time to be dogs again. Yes. Instead of running back and forth, playing with one another through the fence, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. that that just makes things ugly. And so if the people are there to manage that, you know, so that they can actually play and Mm -hmm. get those activities, you know, done rather than just being frustrated by not being able to actually play and communicate the way their, you know, their instincts tell them to play. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it is. I, you know, it was 25 hours of video Mm -hmm. to watch and, 
you know, a lot of people go, oh, my God. And I just I just am glued to it. I'll re- and we can rewatch everything, the whole program over and over again. So now I'm sharing that all with the staff. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So everybody gets to kind of take it in oh, their yeah. own way. Yeah, but definitely. now you, the, the, the old train the trainer. Now you've mm-hmm. got yes. a trainer who's able to actually be there on site and say, okay, let's go ahead and apply this. Yes. Let's yes. see if this yeah. can and be the, applied And here. we already have started implementing some of the things that mm-hmm. I've learned throughout because it did take quite a long time for me to accomplish that. You know, it takes some sitting down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to have more with our Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. wondered what makes First Federal Bank and Trust unique? We're a mutual bank, which means our focus is on you. Unlike other banks, we don't pay shareholders. We pay our community. At First Federal Bank and Trust, your financial interests drive our decisions. Bank with us and experience the mutual bank difference, where the power of community fuels your financial success. First Federal Bank and Trust is Sheridan's only mutual bank. Member FDIC. They say you never know which direction a pickle's going to squirt. And that's just like the gamble you take heading out somewhere on your 4x4 side-by-side or snowmobile without it being serviced, tuned up, or repaired. Otherwise, you're just taking the chance of that machine not getting you back home again. Let Hando Service Center keep you from spending the night hiking out to where you actually have cell service. Yeah, you may not need them today, but one day you will. So remember, Hando Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Man, I just heard your car crying in the parking lot. It really needs an oil change. I know you've been putting it off because of the cost, but here's a deal you can't pass up. Through January, at Midas, buy an oil change, get a second one free to use by March. It's perfect to share with a family member. And Midas also gives your car a thorough inspection to identify any current problems and help plan for any upcoming repairs. Helping your car care dollars go farther will keep you safely on the road. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. The following message presented by First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan's only mutual bank. Visit efirstfederal.bank. Hello, Sheridan County. My name is McKenna Mowry, and our We the People team recently won its 11th state championship in school history. We will represent Wyoming at the national finals in Washington, D.C. in April. Now, we need your financial help. To sponsor our team, send your gift of support to Sheridan High School CEO, We the People team. Please make your check out to the SHS Booster Club. On the check memo line, please indicate your donation to We the People. Thank you and go Bronx. You said I do. Now you need to visit and enter the new Sheridan Media Bridal Preview Sweepstakes on the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Not only will you find vendors to help make your wedding day even more special, you can register to win over $1,100 worth of prizes. This year's vendors include Once Upon a Story Boutique, Bombshell Catering, Legacy Diamond and Gems, Solitude Spa Crossroads Health, Cottonwood Kitchen and Home, and Bomber Mountain Bus. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning, I'm with the founder and the operator of Unleash Foundation, Marion Eccles, and the new dog lead at the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter, Marcy Horsley. Now, before the break, we had an opportunity to get to know a little bit 
about the dog and cat shelter's new dog lead. We spoke about uh, a, a little about Marion's completion of the Robert Cabral Shelter Dog Course. And if you missed any of that, you can find this show in its entirety and previous shows on SheridanMedia.com underneath the Public Pulse tab. Uh, now, Marion, I, I don't have a whole lot of time with you left, but uh, we were speaking about the curriculum of the Robert Cabral uh, Shelter Dog Course. I, I don't want to misspeak that. How how will you educate staff and volunteers and even the community on, on some of the new things that, that you've learned? Well, I don't want to put too much out there before we really have a chance to formulate, but um, Marcy and I are looking at, she's got some great ideas on how to help the public understand what they're Mm -hmm. getting into when they come to the shelter and um, when they're getting a shelter dog. Because what is the worst thing about what we do, we love the dogs getting adopted. Mm -hmm. That's what the Unleashed Foundation is all about. Obviously, that's what the shelter is all about. That's a given. But what's really um, the worst is getting them back. When people don't know how to handle them, sometimes they just can't help it. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we don't ever look down on people who have to surrender a dog, by oh, the no. way. Yeah. It's a, it, a bad fit's a bad fit. Exactly. Uh, yes, it, it is. It does happen. And that's one thing we strive for at the mm-hmm. shelter is finding a good match. So the people who we've had to tell this dog, we, I'm sorry, but we don't feel like this dog's going to work for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's upsetting, but there's a reason for it, it you know. So we're working on better ways to approach that. I'm always trying to find a better way to approach that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, the the good match is what's important. So yeah, that way you both have fulfilled lives. Yes, and and I mean, bringing a new dog into the home isn't the easiest thing in the world. Oh no, uh, mm-hmm. and and if you've got other dogs, uh, then you've got to make this huge transition because mm-hmm. you're adding yes. to the pack and you're hoping that all of that clicks and sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and sometimes it takes work to make it work. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Hugo was a good fit, but boy, you know, for a French bulldog, that little guy <laughs> has got a lot of energy. Oh, uh, yes. He is a player, and mm-hmm. when others don't play with him, he gets a little irate, <laughs> you know? So he's he's a handful, but uh, we love him to death, and uh, he he worked his way in, and thanks yeah. to Gertie, yeah. <laughs> uh, the mom dog of the area, he, yes. he managed to get there. Um, now, as I said, uh, we're, we're running short on time, but one thing that I did want to talk about, there's been somewhat of a, a, a policy mm-hmm. change over there at the shelter. And this is something that we really want to touch on because it is a significant change. Yes. Walkthroughs, Marion. Yeah. Thing of the past. Right. What, yep. Uh, talk to me about that. So we initially came to the decision just based on like how we were talking before. You walk through and everybody's crazy. It's complete chaos. You can't talk to another person while you're back there. They're all just freaking out. And the biggest thing for us is we are looking at their mental health. And as you can tell, whenever you walk through, they are not happy when that happens. Anxiety ridden. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they, we, to ensure better mental health and to ensure we don't have what is created as barrier aggression as this can happen, um, we have decided to take away walkthroughs and instead we have 
two books up front. You just look through those books. You pick who you want to look at. And we allow two dogs per, per appointment. So you can see one dog or two dogs, however many. And then we take you into a separate room and then we bring you the dog that way. Instead of letting you walk through and having those possibilities of them getting anxious or them just freaking out in their kennel, possibly even hurting themselves in their kennel, mm -hmm. it's just going to make it a lot easier and a lot nicer and a lot smoother for us and the dogs. Yeah. Now, see, Emmy has told me stories about mm -hmm. dogs oh, injuring yes. themselves. Yes. yes. You know, slamming against that that oh. fence mm -hmm. yeah. or getting caught in the latch or whatever yeah. and and tearing flesh yeah. because they just get so intense as somebody walks by yeah yep. yeah and and you're right boy the image of that you know wow i'm not a yeah. Yeah. that dog yeah you, you know? see a dog coming at you like that and you think oh that that dog's not going to be nice to me like yeah. as soon as i open this gate this dog is going to want to eat me when that that's not the case it's, it's quite the opposite it, yeah, yeah it is it's just the the kennel is their home and whenever you walk through, you are invading their home. You're yeah. in their privacy. I mean, it's like if somebody walked into your house, you wouldn't want somebody there. So it's to ensure that they they feel safer. So And with the dawn of technology, oh, yes. I mean, you can jump online because mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. there's an online option, right? I can look oh, through yeah. all the dogs that you've got, yep. mm -hmm. kind of figure out, hey, this one's personality looks uh, a little you know, yes. kind of like what I want in my home. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I can go in there initially knowing that, find the book, say this one and that one. Yeah. Those are the ones I don't want to look at today. I yeah. think it's actually a great idea. Oh, yeah. it, it is. It's the best idea mm -hmm. because the hardest thing is when the dog, when you walk through there and the dogs are just behaving. Yeah, yes, it's yes. total chaos. Even the dogs who aren't normally barkers or if they're normally calm, the rest of the chaos mm -hmm. changes everything. And then you, for 45 minutes, you got fence fighting. Oh, you got yeah. dogs yes. screaming at each other. Yeah, I yeah. can understand that. Ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me today. Marcy, uh, it's good to see you again. Thank you. Good to see you. And congratulations on thank your you. new position, my friend. You're going to do fantastic. Yep. Marion, always a pleasure. Yep. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. A new year means new adventures. Make this year the start of your homeownership adventure with First Federal Bank & Trust. Our local team will guide you through the home loan process from start to finish. Explore our online tools 24-7 from customizable financial calculators to daily mortgage rates. Call us or stop by our home loan center to get pre-qualified or apply online today at efirstfederal.bank. At First Federal Bank & Trust, we're making home happen in Sheridan. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Winter and all of its uncertainty is here, and that means it's time to prepare for what's ahead. Have your shovels, snowblowers, and windshield scrapers ready as you never know when the next Wyoming storm will hit. This is Colton Bates with the best real estate team, and like our weather, the real estate market is always changing, so why not be prepared for its seasons as well? Now is the time to build your team of pros, your checklist of wants and needs, and more, so you can be ready for anything that comes your way. As a potential buyer or seller, let us at best help you prepare for both the storms and the sunshine. For help in every season, call me, Colton, at 675-BEST, and visit bestwy.net today. Probably brokered by EXP. Trap Plumbing and Heating can handle any job you have, big or small. From new construction to a pesky leaking toilet, the professionals at Wrap Plumbing and Heating are here to assist you. Drippy faucet? Sure. New shower hardware? No problem. Plumbing an entire new house? For sure. 
plugs that need snaked? Oh yeah, Rap Plumbing and Heating has not met a job they can't handle. Too big a crap? Call Dan Rap at 429-1196. This is the captain with Captain Clean. Have your dryer vents been cleaned recently? As a leading cause of home fires, Captain Clean recommends dryer vent cleaning every six months. Our specialized equipment allows us to reach every inch of your dryer vent to ensure peace of mind. Call Captain Clean today at 672-0726 and sign up for our fire protection plan where we pre-schedule the dryer vent cleanings for you so you never forget. Call Captain Clean, affordable choices for healthy living. The break free from the bitter cold sale is on at Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. You never know when the next winter storm will strike. So Waring Chevrolet has decided to mark down their entire inventory this week during the break in the weather. The lot's full of new Chevrolets, plus massive inventory of pre-owned vehicles. This is the week to come in and let the sales team show you the wearing way of buying a vehicle. It's not just a sale. It's a meltdown. The break free from the bitter cold sale will last as long as the higher temperatures do. Waring Chevrolet online, WaringSheridan.com. Are you a mechanic with welding ability? You'll want to pay attention to this. Decker Cole is currently hiring an experienced mechanic slash welder along with a utility oiler. These are day shift positions with excellent benefits you would expect from Decker Cole. Experience is necessary for the mechanic position, but they will train the right person as an oiler. Applications for both are available now at Sheridan's Workforce Center. Decker Cole Company, an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. Taking the governor's office in 2019, Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon has successfully led the Cowboys state through two of its most significant challenges in decades. The COVID-19 crisis and the most significant decline in mineral revenue in the state's history. Rancher father, grandfather, and husband. He has worked to diversify the state's economy by expanding upon the fields of technology, carbon capture, education, and many others. Welcome to the show, Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Floyd, and Happy New Year to you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and Happy New Year to you, sir. How was your holiday season? Well, we, we, it, was, it was good. We got up to the ranch, got to spend a couple of days uh, looking at cows. They sometimes are uh, very calming, let me put it that way. And, <laughs> and, then we had, and then we had some of those terribly cold temperatures, but it was sure good to be back up in the northeast of, of Wyoming. Now, uh, how long did you get to have uh, a, a break for the holidays? Uh, a lot of work with the legislative session coming up. Yeah, I know about five about about five days, but worked every day. But no, luckily, uh, you, you know, we have we have a little bit of internet access there uh, in Buffalo, and and uh, it allowed for for me to keep up with with uh, work. Uh, and you're right; it's a very very busy uh, time before this budget session. Uh, one of the most difficult uh, budgets I think we've had to do for a couple of reasons. Um, and, and one of them is, you, you know, you mentioned in the opening there about the most significant drop in income. During COVID, we lost uh, literally a third of our income uh, and uh, had to make substantial cuts. Uh, then along came uh, federal 
federal uh, dollars in huge uh, amounts um, you know, to mitigate some of that and then also to build out infrastructure. And now all of that's uh, starting to, to, to go away and we're coming back to uh, normal, uh, more normal, let me put it that way, whatever normal is, but more uh, more recognizable uh, uh, revenue and uh, expense kind of uh, circumstance and trying to find the best balance to make sure that we stay with a very conservative budget, we keep government small, uh, and, and we have, um, uh, you know, a good, a good path forward. Sir, you do, in your budget letter, you speak extensively on those uh, tough decisions that lie ahead in the 2024 legislative session. You also speak on the challenges that we're facing as a state due to the federal government's executive policies. How are those federal executive policies crippling the cowboy state's revenue stream? Oh, it's, it's amazing when you have uh, the federal government as uh, our uh, most significant landlord, uh, and, uh, you know, mo- almost half the state is federal surface, more than half the state is federal minerals. Uh, they, they determine how uh, and, and, and when uh, production can happen on those parcels. We fought them all the way, really, from the beginning of 2020. Uh, and the point here is that our minerals are incredibly valuable, and they are important to our domestic energy security. We want to make sure that we continue to mine our coal, transport our coal, uh, develop our oil and our gas. They are incredibly valuable for our national security, uh, and they are incredibly important for our state's economy. And what's really frustrating about the, the federal government's um, putting a target on those very industries on the federal lands that we have is the fact that they aren't slowing down any of that production. Far from it. What they're doing is they're moving it uh, to places like Venezuela, where you can remember our president was talking about they were going to get more Venezuelan oil. And to me, it just makes no sense. Why can't we develop our own resources? We do it better here in Wyoming. We've led the nation on um, doing it carefully on our labor standards, everything else. America does it better than anywhere else in the world. So if your interest is trying to do good things for the environment, why don't you do them right here in Wyoming? Absolutely. Now, with those declining mineral production numbers, though, what do the revenue stream projections look like for the next biennium? You said with the, you know, the federal money, uh, I do believe you called it the tsunami that uh, hit the state, is pretty much drying out. I mean, that water is leveling out now. What are we looking at going forward, sir? Well, I think what we're looking at is uh, needing to protect our interests. That's a big part of, of uh, what we're, we're looking at. Um, uh, and, and by that, our predict, uh, the, the ability for us to continue to produce. Ironically, uh, all this effort to limit production domestically, to limit it especially in the West on, on federal lands, has in, ended up with prices increasing. Uh, you, you know, last year, coal uh, uh, actually increased in price, uh, even though volumes went down slightly during the coldest temperatures, uh, they, they actually went up. 
oil and gas have, have gone up fairly significantly. That's a very volatile environment. And really, Wyoming struggled a lot. And I know this is important for Sheridan. Um, Wyoming struggled a lot because we could not get the trains to transport our coal out to places that needed it on a regular basis. So we lost somewhere in the neighborhood of $40 million uh, worth of potential revenues to the state simply because we didn't have the train capacity to be able to be able to get that coal to market. Our revenues, we have this um, group that was established under former Governor uh, Herschler a long time ago um, called the Consensus Revenue Estimating Group. Uh, the Craig report, which was just uh, updated here a few days ago, uh, you know, kind of gives us a roadmap of what we in, can anticipate going forward. And uh, because prices have increased, even though our volumes have decreased, um, we, we only lost about 13 million, which is not insignificant, but about $13 million in, in revenue. So I think one of the challenges we have as a state is to be able to continue to make sure that the tax revenues coming off our minerals continue to be a very uh, valuable part of our state's overall revenue. And when you look at what property tax is um, and, our, our, and our need to make sure that we address the, the increase in property tax, uh, we're going to really need to have those minerals on board. Sir, you spoke about uh, the relocation of a lot of this work down into foreign countries. What teeth or influence do we have to battle uh, against the federal government from doing that? Well, it's incredibly frustrating. And uh, down in the southwest of the state, I'll talk about that a little bit, in the Rock Springs Resource Management Plan that came out that was really devastating. Oh, yes, sir, it was. Yeah, but, but, you know, the, the challenge is that when you have an administration as uh, just hell-bent to make sure that we don't produce the very, the very minerals that we need to make sure that people can turn their lights on consistently uh, and empower this nation, um, we, you, you have very few tools. One of them that we have are the courts, and we have over 30 lawsuits against the feds right now uh, to try to open this up. And just let me tell you sort of how frustrating that process is. Early in uh, 2020, the Biden, new Biden administration said that what they were going to do was to review oil and gas leases on all federal lands to make sure they were done uh, properly. And they were touting the fact that there were so many leases that had already been issued so they, they could take the time to do that. The Mineral Leasing Act, which goes back to the early part of the, of the 19th or 20th century, sorry, um, that said that on a quarterly basis, you had to issue leases for oil and gas. You had to allow for the exploration on federal minerals. They missed the first quarter. They missed the second quarter. They missed the third quarter. We sued shortly after the first quarter, saying that you have an obligation under the Mineral Leasing Act to issue quarterly leases. Uh, and and that case went over, and finally, on the fourth quarter, they issued, they, excuse me, let me be clear, they sold some leases. They have yet to issue some of those leases from the fourth quarter of 2020. It took us almost a year 
to get a, a court decision in which they said we had no standing, which was ridiculous. Um, but, but they said that the federal government had the opportunity to review these things. Um, so courts are a long, drawn-out process, but they are the tool we have. I've reached out to my fellow Republican governors and some Democrats and said, look, we've got an executive branch in D.C. because Congress is unable to do what it needs to do and check the balance of the power with the executive branch, that we need to find a way that we can bring to bear a majority of states to say the law says this, you have to do it. You can't sidestep it. Absolutely. Now, um, is is the delay in the courts? I mean, is it a delay or is it just a long process? Or are they wading through a quagmire of, of paperwork and bureaucracy to get these decisions made in a timely manner? Well, I, I think it's a, a little bit of both. And, and, and you, you know, here's, here's a, two, two examples, and I'll, I'll end up with the Rock Springs RMP, but I'll start uh, with, with um, the uh, Gateway West um, power line, uh, which started uh, back in 2006, where originally conversations going on, and the formal NEPA process really began about 12 years ago. Uh, and in that process, for 12 years, they were, uh, the, you know, through bureaucratic delay and lots of conversation, they finally were able to issue NEPA analysis that allowed Gateway West uh, to, to be, excuse me, Gateway South, to be able to, uh, to, to move forward uh, to build the transmission line to take power out, out of Wyoming. That, that has happened over and over again. The coal port in Longview, Washington, that Wyoming pushed so hard to get in front of the Supreme Court um, because of the delays there really caused by the state of Washington, um, that port eventually had to give up, and, and our, our lawsuit was rendered moot just because the time delay and the expense that went into it, they couldn't afford to keep it going. The Rock Springs RMP that we talked about here, it's been, it's been uh, about 12 years in the making as well. I remember talking with the, um, the, the, the Trump administration and Secretary Bernhardt, uh, who was very, uh, who really wanted to work well with Wyoming uh, and respected what we were trying to do there. Unfortunately, he was unable to get that RMP issued before the administration changed. Um, then there was this period when the new administration came in uh, that nothing happened, even, even though, uh, you know, there had been 12 years of activity on it. And then suddenly, out of the blue, uh, they issue this, this very strange um, and, and, and then somewhat, um, well, absolutely different way of approaching uh, normally what you do with, a, with an RMP. So uh, a resource management plan is designed to help guide uh, the, the management of lands within a resource area 
Um, and uh, that usually for the NEPA process, they'll take a no development or a very little development versus a very maximized the development opportunities. And somewhere in between, which is what had been worked on for 12 years down in Sweetwater, they'll come up with a, you know, something of a compromise. And that's usually what is, becomes the preferred alternative off which can, people can work. In this case, the Biden administration decided they would take the most, they called it conservation. I'm going to say preservation. They took the most preservation approach and put that as their preferred alternative, um, which was, which really scrambled everybody's omelet. And, and that's uh, when we had to go to work to, to really raise the issue of you're not paying attention to the state of Wyoming, you're not paying attention to the people of Uinta, Sweetwater, and Sublet. Um, you need to do that. And, and, and we were able to at least have uh, Tracy Stone Manning, the director of the Bureau of Land Man Man like Management, come out and, uh, and, and listen to some of the concerns of the people. Now, sir, I do believe that the public comment period uh, on that issue uh, may have recently ended. Uh, I'm not totally sure about that. Folks are going to have to double-check the stories on that. But uh, how long until we have uh, a resolution as to whether or not they will take a step back, choose a different plan, or scrape the whole thing and decide to go ahead and actually work with local stakeholders here uh, on that issue? Well, and it's interesting you say that, because uh, that was our first uh, comment. I wrote a letter. Uh, it was endorsed by all members of our uh, congressional delegation that said this is unworkable, withdraw it, and, and, uh, and reissue. Um, of course, the, the uh, Bureau of Land Management uh, didn't do that, but I was able to extract an extension of the comment period. That just ended on the 17th. Um, so public comments are in. We wanted to make sure that those comments um, were valuable. And let me put this, uh, you know, so people can understand. Um, they, they, there is, I think, in the review of these comments, a recognition of how many comments say what. But what really is meaningful is when somebody can say, you know, the access, which was one of the biggest issues there, uh, our, our uh, access to parcels of land you have limited uh, inadvertently. And here's the example where we have camped for years. Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to say. And, and, and so we put together a task force that helped to illuminate uh, the, the really valuable comments that needed to be uh, put in. The Bureau of Land Management at this point is going to review those comments, and they will uh, issue a final RMP uh, in, in uh, probably a, a month or two. Uh, and then after that, it will follow a record of decision. Interestingly, and I think a lot of people in Wyoming need to know this, there is really nothing that the state can do legally in terms of a lawsuit or anything else until that record of decision is issued. And at, at that point, uh, based on the work that people in that area did, based on the work that Wyoming agencies did, 
um, we will we will review the record of decision, and if there are issues that we can further litigate to make sure that Wyoming can control its destiny, we will do that. Sir, I'll be remiss if I don't speak a bit on property tax increases that have hit Wyoming families hard. Uh, the manner in which the Constitution is written prevented many bills from gaining any traction last year. What would you like to see lawmakers do this year? Well, I think it's the most important issue that we have uh, before us. And uh, over the last couple of years, I've had a a rebate program that has been pretty successful, successful enough that we've added to it. And then that has allowed monies to go to the people that are most hard hit. Those, uh, those, those people who have lived here for a long time have limited income, maybe fixed income, uh, and I want to see that extended. So my budget, which is really something I can call for, has asked for $20 million for that, for that, uh, for that uh, program. But in addition to that, I think there are things that we need to look at carefully. Uh, one is perhaps homestead exemption. I think that's being considered. Uh, if you've lived here a number of years, that you can have an exemption on the first um, amount of money that you'd have to pay. Uh, there's also, because during COVID, Wyoming was open, uh, people recognized this as one of the freest states. Uh, they moved here in droves, and that rose, uh, raised the prices, and that, that changed the way assessed valuation um, happened. Um, we want to make sure that if that happens again in the future, that the pace uh, that we can moderate what those raises are in the constitutional basis. One of my biggest concerns as we talk about property tax relief, which, as I say, is the most important thing that we've got to look at this year, my biggest concern is that we don't end up uh, handicapping our counties. Property taxes go mostly to our local schools, and a certain portion of it goes to county services. And, and, And the state really doesn't have the ability to backfill that uh, particularly particularly well. So I, I want to make sure that we don't handicap our counties, number one. And number two, it is an absolute um, priority for me that as a citizen of this state, I have the ability to vote on the taxes that I have to pay. And I want to make sure that in the process of this reform, we don't take voters' rights away to determine what taxes they will or will not want to pay. So, so that, those two things, I think, flavor how this goes forward. I know this is an important issue, and I know the legislature is going to grapple with it, and I fully support their work on it. It's going to be a lot of work going forward, sir. And uh, I just wanted to take a moment and thank you for calling in this morning, taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us and discuss these issues. Uh, thank you for speaking with me about the RMP issue down in Rock Springs. That's something that I've been following very closely. Uh, and once again, sir, it's been an absolute honor and uh, all the best going forward. Thank you, Floyd. And uh, let's do this again soon. Please, please. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
new year means new adventures. Make this year the start of your homeownership adventure with First Federal Bank and Trust. Our local team will guide you through the home loan process from start to finish. Explore our online tools 24-7 from customizable financial calculators to daily mortgage rates. Call us or stop by our home loan center to get pre-qualified or apply online today at efirstfederal.bank. At First Federal Bank and Trust, we're making home happen in Sheridan. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Happy New Year. Yeah, new Year, new me. New Year, but same team at Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Did you know that our average employee tenure is 10 years? There's been a lot of changes in town. What you can count on with us are the same faces that live and work in our community. Well, who's worked the longest? Ken Weber. He's been here for 45 years. If you haven't been in to visit him or the team lately, come say hi and enter to win our monthly giveaway of $500 in Chamber Bucks so we can keep our shopping local. Stop in to Sheridan Honda and Power Sports today. Even though it's chilly outside, we feel the warmth of this community. Thank you for always supporting our small business. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT Kraft from EBA Hearing and Sound. We are excited to share that Addison Dempsey our new doctor of audiology is now accepting patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Addison Dempsey, and I'm so happy to be back home and working at ABA Hearing. I was born and raised here in Sheridan, and my husband and I are so excited to have the opportunity to raise our little girl in such an amazing community. As a doctor of audiology, I'm able to evaluate your hearing, program hearing needs from a variety of manufacturers, and I am able to officially evaluate and diagnose auditory processing disorder for all ages. I also have special training from the American Institute of Balance for vestibular assessments. Help us welcome Addison to the EBA Hearing family. We look forward to helping you reconnect to your loved ones through better hearing. Call to schedule your appointment today. EBA Hearing and Sound, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Life in Sheridan is dynamic. Between work, family, and the great outdoors, schedules can get hectic. At Sheridan Memorial Hospital's primary care, we're making your health care more convenient. You can confirm, reschedule, cancel, or ask questions about your appointment with a quick text. No time to call? Simply send us a text and we'll promptly get back to you. It's health care made easy, just the way you like it. Primary care, caring for you and your family. Located in downtown Sheridan and online at SheridanPrimaryCare.com. This is Aaron Linden, and I wanted to welcome you to Jackalopes Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. This is unlike any other podcast. We do a deep dive down the jackalope hole on a myriad of topics. UFOs? Yep. Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Local, national, and global politics? You betcha. Social issues and conspiracies? Shah. Join the Jack Pack Weekly at sharedmedia.com under the podcast tab on YouTube.